0: Welcome to the Trusted Advisor Podcast, brought to you by Iroquois Group. Iroquois is your trusted advisor in all things insurance. I'm Edwin K. Morris. Our guest today is Mike Strakoff. Mike joined Live Oak Bank as the head of insurance lending with more than 27 years in the insurance industry. Mike has worked as a claim adjuster, commercial producer, personal and commercial lines marketing manager, and the head of a large multi state agency. Prior to Live Oak, Mike served as a branch service president of CNA Insurance Companies for the state of Ohio, as well as a tenure with Chubb and First Niagara Risk Management. Mike, let's get straight to it. What should sellers be thinking about as they prepare to sell their
1: agency? Edwin, great question. Um, You know, a a situation where an agent, uh, agent is looking to sell is as much a retirement discussion as it is a financial transaction. So agents really should be taking time before they decide to sell to figure out exactly what is it that they're looking to accomplish in retirement, not only from a time perspective, but also from a financial perspective. Is the sell price of the agency going to be enough to allow them to accomplish what they're looking to retire, uh, looking to do during retirement? I think agents also should look at their uh, insurance agency as objectively as they possibly can Um, Look at it as if they were going to buy that agency and try to identify if there's any you know weaknesses in the business model or the results things like uh, Historic profitability, you know has the agent agency made money over time Uh, Are they profitable with their insurance carriers? What's the current staffing situation? Are all the employees of the same age as, as the seller and are on a very short trajectory to retirement Growth of the agency is important. You know What has the agency's results been uh, in the last you know, three to five years? Agents want to buy uh, another agency that shows signs of, of positive growth and the ability to grow the business in which they currently have. Things like concentration of, of um, certain things. It could be revenue. It could be uh, aggregation of revenue with certain producers within the agency, aggregation or concentration of premium with certain carriers within certain industries. Those all can be positives, but they could also be negatives. And a lot of buyers are looking for a diversified portfolio uh, that does not put too many eggs in one particular basket and allows the agent to to navigate potential changes within the book or um, Salesforce and or other um, employees within the, the business. Uh, And then the overall quality of the book of business, you know, what carriers is it with? Have you been uh, with these carriers for a long period of time? So a history of stability with these carriers is going to be important and a history of profitability. And the book of business is is a representation of who those clients are. And, you know, the more easy you are to identify a quality list of clients that you've had for a long period of time certainly adds value to the agency. Mm -hmm. Agents really should be thinking about what are their goals as a result of uh, selling the agency? Are they looking to maximize the sale price of the agency? Or are they looking for that agency to continue on and take care of employees and customers as the agency moves forward post-transaction? Does the agent want to walk the day of the sale or are they looking for a continual revenue stream after the sale of the agency? You know post-close agents really need to think about what are the ramifications of that sale, what are they gonna do with the proceeds of that sale, and tax ramifications, legal ramifications, et cetera. So really understanding what your goals are uh, are gonna be important. And with that said, you really should have a team of people to consult with. Uh, Certainly the people that you plan on receiving the financing from, so your banker, lender, an accountant, an attorney, a financial advisor, all can be very productive conversations to have prior to selling the agency to understand really how all of this is going to fit into your plans.
0: Well, Mike, how far in advance should an agency
1: plan for selling their agency? Really, the you know, it sounds like a cliche, but uh, certainly the sooner, the better. Uh, you know making sure that you're <laughs> making sure that you're thinking about it. You know waking up on Monday, deciding to sell on Tuesday uh, doesn't really give you an awful lot of time yeah. to plan and that's the extreme example but really starting you know a few years out and you know as you go through your discovery of potential weaknesses or how to maximize the value there might be things that you need to do that will take time to make corrections improve the results of the agency a lot of these things don't happen overnight so it really should be you know at minimum a year if not a multiple year process in preparing to sell the agency
0: what would buyers be thinking about as they look for acquisition candidates. So, as you're looking
1: for a candidate uh, to acquire, I would say the first thing to consider is the cultural fit. Uh, many times, you know, agents look these look at these opportunities as a uh, financial transactions and s- spend a lot of time looking at the numbers. Uh, particularly if it's a situation where the employees will be retained, a location will be retained, and it needs to be managed from the existing agency, the buyer, if you will. Making sure that the cultural fit, everything from their policy on employees' time off, their health care benefits, you know how and when to use the agency management system, documentation. The closer there is that fit, the better the transition for that agency uh, will be. Uh, so that's really important. Another quality that uh, an acquiring agency should look for it would be the you know the common carriers. If there's a situation where there's a lot in common. Um, again, transition risk risk is down. And ultimately, again, an overused cliche. You know if one plus one equals three, that's really what you're looking for in an acquisition. that when you bring this book of business into yours and merge it together, does that allow you to maximize uh, profit potential, reduce the need to introduce additional carriers to existing staff, et cetera. So really trying to find the uplift for an acquisition is going to be very important.
0: What about talent?
1: There may be, Situations where talent is important and you can obtain uh, additional younger more talented individuals through an acquisition uh, than you might be able to hire on your own train, etc. So that would be certainly a consideration This might seem too obvious, but a fair and reasonable valuation You want to make sure that you know, there's a lot of folks that have expectations of their agency uh, from a value perspective that are probably outside the realm of reasonableness and it doesn't do you any well, any good to buy an agency in a situation where it's either overvalued, overpriced, uh, and making sure that uh, you know it is a possibility or will be a likely possibility that you will flourish, not suffer post acquisition, trying to service the debt and pay for the agency over time.
0: So we've been talking about the purchaser's side. How about the seller side? What would you suggest to an agency to how to find? acquisition opportunities
1: well it's great from a seller's perspective because it's certainly a buyer's market right now there are more buyers than sellers if you got in a room full of agents 100 agents and ask them who's willing to acquire most will raise their hands so most are looking for some level of acquisition which really puts sellers in a great spot uh, so they can pick and choose and as they develop their goals and what they're looking to accomplish you know many times Uh, Agents might be looking to maximize their value and maybe talk to somebody that's willing to pay a higher price. But that might entail the agent working for a number of years post-acquisition. And that might not necessarily be within the plan. So the better a selling agent has of what they're trying to accomplish, uh, it's a greater possibility for better alignment.
0: Where are there opportunities for missteps in the buy-sell
1: process? Probably the biggest we see is the potential for overpaying many agents get, uh, they fall in love with the deal, not necessarily the numbers. (laughs) See all the reasons why it makes sense, uh, for reasons other than the financial aspect of it. So somehow
0: that passion gets tied into the deal and that overrules the logic.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, role as a, you know, I'm a lender. So my role is, uh, you know, sometimes reeling people back to earth and, uh, (laughs) focusing on the numbers and, Uh, making sure people are making the right decisions for the right reasons. Mm -hmm. Another misstep could be, you know, poor due diligence on the revenue. Understanding not all revenue is created equal. Let me say it that way. Some revenue might be, you know, as a few examples, you know, non-standard auto might be a different quality of revenue as it might be for standard uh, or preferred uh, personal lines business, for an example. Or commercial revenue, and you might have a... You know, right now uh, would be pertinent with regard to a big restaurant book or something along those lines that in an industry that's particularly impacted by COVID 19. So, understanding and anticipating, you know, the vulnerabilities of that book is going to be important. Bad cultural fit, not to beat this uh, to a pulp, but you do see situations where acquisitions do not succeed because the angst created post acquisition that create. Um, hmm. Problems for people, and really, your your goal to avoid missteps is to avoid any post close surprises. Sure, it's very sounds like an e- it's easier said than done. What you need to do is kind of play out all the possible scenarios, understand you know the vulnerabilities, the risks associated with it, and really making sure that you're putting together a plan that's going to allow you for the best possible post transaction transition. So,
0: otherwise than having a financial magic eight ball. When it comes to financing the transaction, what are some best practices to ensure there are no surprises?
1: Starting early. You know, at times there's discussions that go on for years about, you know, potential acquisitions or perpetuation scenarios. And at some point, and usually it's much later in the process, a lender is brought into the scenario to understand what are the options and how you're going to finance this. And many times, there's aspects of the deal that have already been pre-negotiated. It's already set expectations both for buyer and seller, and then they approach a bank. And many times, uh, or there could be aspects of those agreements that might be problematic uh, just from a structure perspective. It might not work from a financing standpoint. Um, we do find at times, you know, in a perpetuation scenario, that maybe the candidate is not bankable. They're not somebody that has, you know, the proper credit does not have the resources to meet maybe a down payment requirement. They might be somebody that is deemed by the financing company as maybe not capable of running the agency, might be a good person, might not be there long enough, might not necessarily have the experience. So it might be the plan on paper, but does that actually translate to an opportunity to convince somebody to lend them money in order to get that done? One thing that's very important for agents to do, uh, particularly if they're looking for financing is really run their agency like they plan on selling it tomorrow. The more, you know, there are situations where we see that the agency that they're looking to acquire is actually a much better run agency than the agency that's looking to acquire it. Mm. You really want to see two equally well-run agencies on both sides of that equation uh, because it's more likely to mirror the uh, acquirer's agency than the acquired agency after the transaction. So you like to see a quality operator uh, being the one that's looking, looking for financing. What's your final thoughts you'd like to leave our audience with today? Ultimately, for borrowers, they really should consider starting the process as early as possible. And that in- could include an, a somewhat informal conversation with the lender to talk about the guidelines, what it looks like, what they can anticipate, how long does the process take, uh, so they can better prepare themselves at the time of the closing to be as prepared as they possibly can be and get the financing.
0: Well, thanks for bringing all this dollars and cents and taking the emotion out of this whole transactional
1: litany of things to consider. This has been great. And I certainly appreciate the opportunity to speak with you today.
0: Thanks for listening to this edition of the Trusted Advisor podcast brought to you by Iroquois Group. Iroquois, your trusted advisor for all things insurance. And remember, get out of the office and sell. I'm Edwin K. Morris, and I invite you to join me for the next edition of the Trusted Advisor Podcast.